The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, of a member of the Wells, on October 20, 2013, based on Daniel 7, verses 13 and 14. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God, through which the Holy Spirit strengthens our faith in Jesus is Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. You have them printed inside of the bulletin. Daniel writes, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. The pep band played loudly. The fans shouted The team lifted the trophy high. Victory! How good it feels when your team wins the championship. And yet it's only a temporary victory. Next year there will be another champion. And even if a team repeats, that only lasts so long. Every dynasty comes to an end. But how different to the victory Daniel saw in this night vision the Lord gave him in a dream. He saw the eternal, everlasting victory. A victory for us to celebrate, dear friends. A victory for us to celebrate even when we feel defeated. For in this same dream, the Lord made it clear to Daniel that there were terrible times ahead for God's people. And yet no matter what, dear Christians, know and believe that the Son of Man reigns in victory. That's the theme this morning. And who is this Son of Man? Well, he's our brother and our king. So worship your brother who reigns forever. That's part one. And stand firm with your king who reigns over all. Part two. The Son of Man reigns in victory. Daniel writes, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. No doubt you recognize that name, son of man. Jesus referred to himself by that name dozens of times during his earthly ministry. Son of man emphasizes for us that wonderful truth that Jesus is a human being like us. He shares our humanity. He is a descendant of Adam, the first man, our forefather, and so he is our brother. When we see him as a newborn laying in a manger, we realize that he is one of us. Jesus, our brother, kind and good. As we witness his earthly ministry carried on in such lowliness in his humble state, we don't question that he is a true human being. He is our brother. And yet in this vision, Daniel does not see Jesus in his lowliness, does he? 
He sees Jesus in glory. Coming on the clouds. Standing before the Ancient of Days. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. He, this Son of Man, reigns in victory. Our brother reigns forever. Do you appreciate how astounding this truth is? Our logical minds tarnish the astonishment by thinking, well, of course he reigns in victory since he's God. Yes, that's true, Jesus is God. But he reigns forever, not only as God, but also as man. He reigns forever as our brother. If we limit his sovereign power and reigning authority only to his divine nature, that's dividing Jesus in half, sawing him in two. He is not two people, but one person, the God-man. And so this verse holds before us that astounding truth, that marvelous mystery, that this man, Jesus Christ, reigns in victory. He reigns forever as our brother. It, It holds this truth before us, first of all, by using that term, son of man, that emphasizes his human nature. And then secondly, notice also how what Daniel writes here says that power, sovereign authority, and glory were given to him. Those were given to his human nature. For you see, as God, he already has all power. Nothing can be added to or given to the divine nature. Only the human nature can be given powers that it did not innately have. What a wonderful mystery as we see Jesus reigning forever, not only as God, but as man as well. And and this isn't just an isolated verse that teaches that. Think of that well-known verse from the end of the Gospel of Matthew when Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. There again, he is emphasizing that he has all power, not only as God, who is almighty from eternity, but also as man, as our brother, who was given power through that personal union of God and man in Christ. Yes, this man has all power. This man reigns forever. We worship this man And that sounds like idolatry, and it would be, except when this man is Jesus. So, dear friends, worship your brother, Jesus Christ. Worship him who reigns forever. Worship him by bringing your prayers to him. For as our brother, he can sympathize with us no matter what our need is. He can sympathize with us better than any friend, for he not only shares our human nature, but he has no limit to his understanding. He was tempted in every way, just like we are, yet was without sin. He shares your struggles. He has shared your your burdens. He knows how you feel and where you're coming from. He himself knew hunger and homelessness. He knew what it meant not to have a penny to your name. He knew 
how it felt to be misunderstood and rejected. He suffered heartache, loss, and tears. He experienced and felt the uncaring attitude of family and the betrayal of friends. He suffered pain, ridicule, God-forsakenness, untimely death. Don't imagine that he doesn't know where you're at or where you're coming from when you go to him in prayer. He is your brother. Go to him in prayer. What a way for us to worship our brother Jesus Christ by taking all our needs and cares and worries to him in prayer. For the same Jesus who shares our human nature and therefore can sympathize with us, also has all power. Don't doubt his love and care. Don't doubt his power and glory and might. Worship your brother as you bring your prayers before him. Rely on him for the strength to remain faithful. Go to his promises that are brought to you by his word and sacraments. Go to his word and sacraments for that power, that power to follow where he leads. Yes, just think of how in the Lord's Supper he gives you his body to eat and his blood to drink so that you know that your Savior shares your flesh and blood. He is your substitute. Believe that he has won the victory for you. That's the highest worship we can give to him, to believe that he has won the victory for us. Worship your brother who reigns forever. Stand firm in that faith. For your brother Jesus Christ is the king of kings. Stand firm with your king who reigns over all. And that brings us to the second part here. Daniel writes, All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. How different this kingdom is from what Daniel had seen previously in this vision. Remember last week we talked about how Daniel saw the four Beasts coming out of the sea, each one representing the rise and fall of another empire. Yes, nations come and go, but our king reigns over all forever. And yet, the greatest danger that Daniel saw wasn't those beasts, those nations rising and falling. Rather, it was a boastful horn that grew out of the head of the fourth beast. He saw that boastful horn waging war against God's saints and and prevailing. And later Daniel is told concerning this horn, he will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and the laws. This boastful horn sounds like that man of lawlessness Paul describes in 2 Thessalonians 2. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple. What is the worst danger, the greatest danger we face as Christians? 
It's not what the beasts of the nations can do. It's not the the loss of our freedoms or the confiscation of our property or rejection by family and friends or bodily imprisonment, torture, or even death. Yes, I know we often worry about our health, our family, our friends, our well-being, our, our, our stuff, but it's not the loss of those things that is the greatest danger we face. What is? The greatest danger we face as Christians is words. The words that come out of the mouth of this boastful horn. For those words are filled with lies and deceptions while masquerading as God's truth. And maybe to help us think about this, think of an illustration back from the time of the American Revolution. What name do you still remember as the most dangerous or the most infamous name? Was it the names of the commanders and chiefs of, of, of the British forces that fought against George Washington? William Howe and Henry Clinton? Probably not. What about Benedict Arnold? That name still lives on in infamy because it's the deceptions and lies that masquerade as truth that present the greatest danger. And if that's the case with simply a war for independence, how much more so when it comes to our spiritual freedom? How much more so when it comes to this boastful horn that has set himself up in God's church and claims to be God's spokesman here on this earth, speaking God's truth, and yet comes out of his mouth is deceptions and lies. He boasts, yes, Jesus died for you and he is a wonderful savior, but are you sure that's enough to be completely right with God? Here are my rules. Follow my ways and you will live. Is it any wonder that millions of churchgoers have fallen for that deception How treacherous, like Benedict Arnold, to speak lies while saying you're speaking God's truth. No wonder Daniel saw that boastful horn prevailing until the Ancient of Days came. Stand firm, dear friends. Stand firm and don't give ground. Rather, hold on to God's unchanging truth. For the Son of Man, your King, Jesus Christ, still indeed reigns and he is coming again. Hold on to God's unchanging truth. For his gospel proclaims to you, dear sinner, his gospel says to you, your sins are all forgiven. Yes, you, sinner, though you rightly deserve death and damnation, your sins are forgiven for Jesus has paid for all of them. He has finished that work leaving nothing undone. And this is God's free gift to you, no strings attached. Stand firm with your king who reigns over all. Hold on to God's truth. For this truth not only gives us the strength to stand firm, but also to celebrate. And and yet, at the end of this vision, Daniel tells us that Rather than feeling like celebrating, he felt overwhelmed. 
his thoughts troubled him, and his, his, his face turned pale. Why? Because he saw all the terrible times ahead for God's people. It was just overwhelming to him. And so how can you and I stand firm, much less celebrate? Well, we have some advantages here that Daniel did not have. We have seen the beginning of the fulfillment of this vision. We have seen the Son of Man come and win his kingdom. His resurrection declares his victory. His ascension proclaims his kingship. He is at God's right hand, far above all rule and authority, all power and dominion, far above every name, every title that can be given not only in the present age, but also in the one to come, as Ephesians 1 declares. Our king reigns over all. But it is still an invisible kingdom, isn't it? And that is why we, we still struggle. It's an invisible kingdom. Oh, it's real. The Bible promises that it's true. Faith is sure of it. But so many in this world will keep on denying his kingship until he returns on the clouds with his holy angels on the last day. We still live under the shadow of the cross. The nations still rage like wild beasts. The boastful horn as well as other false teachers still spread their lies and deceptions. We dare not expect an earthly life of victories. We dare not anticipate a paradise here on earth. Yes, our king reigns. But it is an invisible kingdom. And therefore we keep on turning to him for that strength to stand firm. To stand firm and know that he does reign. He has come and won that kingdom. He has risen from the dead and ascended in glory and he will come again. Daniel saw that all as one scene in the future. We are living in the middle of it. And until that time when he returns, dear Christian friends, stand firm. Stand firm as you rejoice in the kingdom of our Savior Jesus Christ. Let his word and sacraments be the music that fills you with more spirit than any pep band. Through your words and actions shout out what a great and glorious Savior and King he is. Let others see how precious your king is to you. Lift high the trophy of his cross. Victory, eternal victory. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.